Welcome back to another episode of Revealed Apologetics. I'm your host, Eli Ayala, and uh, this is the Revealed Apologetics podcast. Just as a heads up, for those who also follow the Revealed Apologetics YouTube channel, this specific episode is just available on the podcast. So this is not um, related to a corresponding video. This is just a podcast audio recording. And so I uh, just wanted to let folks know about that. Those who listen to the YouTube channel, watch the YouTube channel, they're, for the most part, the interviews and discussions and things like that that I do on YouTube typically are turned into podcast episodes, but there are some individual podcast episodes that are not available on the YouTube. So um, you definitely want to make sure you subscribe to the podcast as well as the YouTube channel. And of course, we have a website, revealedapologetics.com. And of course, if you are interested in learning presuppositional apologetics, you can sign up for Presup U or Presup University on the website, revealedapologetics.com. All right. Also, um, it would be very helpful if you are a listener to Revealed Apologetics on iTunes, uh, you know, through podcast. Um, it'd be greatly appreciated if you have found the content useful. That you just take a minute or two to write a positive review and you know click those stars um, uh, on iTunes. Um, that would be greatly appreciated. All right. Well, without further ado, I want to jump right into today's episode, um, which is kind of not necessarily related to apologetics, but kind of sort of is. Um, I want to address the question of how to study the Bible. Okay. And I would imagine that folks understand why this is such an important uh, topic. There is a difference between reading your Bible and studying your Bible. And Christians need to um, do more than simply read. Uh, we want to look at the Bible as a great field that has buried within the soil great treasures that are just waiting to be found, right? And so when we um, study, when we learn the tools of studying Scripture, we are in essence learning how to use our shovels so as to dig deep into God's Word and find the truths that are in there that um, really equip us to better walk after a manner that is honoring and pleasing to God. So Bible study is a vitally important topic. And of course, I said kind of, sort of, uh, it's related to apologetics. Of course, if you're going to defend the Christian faith, um, oftentimes that is going to involve answering objections against the Bible. And um, that usually is set up within the context of unbelievers thinking they know what the Bible teaches and they try to show some error in it or some, you know, incoherency or something like that. So understanding how to study God's Word um, definitely has apologetic um, import, all right? I do want to keep things very simple. So if this is kind of um, a topic that folks are interested in, but they want to know it from kind of an introductory you know, uh, perspective, I want to do my best in this, in this episode to really simplify and um, make this as practical as I possibly can, okay? And so perhaps this is something that after you're listening to it, you take some notes or something like that, you can share with other people as well. All right. So I'm just going to give you my perspective on how to study the Bible. Um, and of course, this is gleaned from things that I've learned um, over the years um, in my own personal study and things like that. So without further ado, let me begin. All right. So the first step, what is the first step in studying the Bible? And for me, I think the first step is 
really acknowledging what the Bible is. All right, now that might sound kind of weird uh, and in a way obvious, but the first step in Bible study is understanding what the nature, um, what the nature of the Bible is itself. What is the nature of the book you are studying? Okay, and as Christians, the obvious point here is that the Bible is God's word. Now we call the Bible God's word. God's word is synonymous with the words the Bible. We use it within popular parlance, but we can often take that point for granted, right? Um, we open the Bible, we call it God's Word, but I think there is a power in stopping for a moment and recognizing that when you open your Bible, you are confronting the very face of God Himself, okay? It is uh, important to learn how to stand in awe of God's revealed truth, and that is to say that we need to learn not to take God's Word lightly, Stand in awe of the fact that God has chosen to reveal himself through written words. And so when we begin our study of the Bible, having the proper mental framework, the, 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 having the, um, this awe of the scriptures, of, you know, understanding what it is that you're doing when you are reading the Bible, I think helps us have the proper mindset to really take it seriously and to dig in so as to, in essence, hear the voice of God as we, as we um, study. Because the primary way in which God communicates with us today is through His Word. A lot of Christians um, will associate God speaking with perhaps, you know, what's understood within charismatic circles, right? You go to like a Pentecostal church or you're listening to something on YouTube or, or whatever, and you'll hear people say quite often, the Lord gave me this, or the Lord spoke to me the other day, or I prepared my message, but God changed the direction of the message, okay? And so people give the impression that they are hearing audible voices from God, okay? Now, I'm not saying that that's impossible. God can communicate in any way he sees fit. But we know for certain that God has spoken in his word, okay? And that is the primary way in which he reveals himself. And because we are certain that God has spoken in his word, we know for certain that when we read the Bible, we will hear from God in the sense that he has spoken in ways that can be universally applied to all aspects of our lives. And so uh, it, it's very important. So the first, the first tip, so to speak, in Bible study is having that proper frame of mind, understanding the nature of what it is you are reading. All right? The Bible um, speaks to us for certain as the Word of God Himself. All right? So let's take a look at a couple of scriptures here. 2 Timothy 3.16, which is a very popular verse uh, in this regard with respect to the inspiration of Scripture. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I'll read that again. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped, for every good work. All Scripture, all Scripture is breathed out by God. The Bible is the Word of God. It is written. It is Scripture. 
It is breathed out by God. The words on the page have its source and origin within the very person of God himself. Okay? And so when we read our Bibles, we are confronting God. Psalm 12, verse 6. Psalm 12, verse 6 says, The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver, refined in a furnace on the ground, purified seven times. The words of the Lord are pure when we read the Word of God, we are confronting pure words, words that are trustworthy and sure, right? The purity of God's Word, really, if you think about it, can be contrasted with the profane words of men. And the purity of God's very nature assures us of the purity of His promises. And so when we confront the promises of God, Right? They are the promises of God. The promises are connected to the purity and nature of God himself. And so his words are trustworthy and sure. We can read the Bible with confidence, knowing that when we understand what God is telling us, we can trust its truth and the power of its application in our lives. John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them, set them apart in truth. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is true. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, For the word of God is living and in, uh, it is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. I like that. Hebrews 4, 12, For the word of God is living, active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and of spirit, of joints and and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. In summary, the Bible speaks to us for certain in the Word of God. Because God speaks to us primarily through His Word, it is our responsibility to carefully discern what God desires for us to know. And we must allow the Word of God to speak on its own terms. Because the Bible is God's Word, it comes with the authority of God Himself and is binding on our lives. And so the first step in Bible study is to recognize that God speaks to us. He is speaking to us in his word. And so the journey in understanding what God has spoken is a very important one. And it is one that requires careful consideration. All right. So recognizing that the Bible is God's word, right? Intellectually allowing that the truth to sink into your spirit is very, very important. All right. Well, when we're studying um, the topic of how to study the Bible, okay, there are certain important vocabulary terms that we'll, we'll have to walk through. And these terms are important, right? They're just big old fancy words that really mean simple things. And so um, I want you to pay attention because they're very important. All right. So let me uh, give me a moment here. All right. So our first term uh, that you want to uh, know when you are doing uh, Bible interpretation, when you're studying your Bible, um, and that's the term called hermeneutics, hermeneutics. And that big old fancy word simply means the science of interpretation. And I'll talk a little bit about why it's defined in that way. Okay. Um, Hermeneutics is the science of interpretation. Hermeneutics, uh, Herm, Hermes, if you know anything about your Greek mythology, uh, Hermes was uh, the god of interpretation. 
He interpreted the will of the gods. He was a messenger, okay? Um, and so that's where you're going to get that root there in the word hermeneutics, the science of interpretation. That is to say that there is a specific science to interpreting, uh, interpreting, to interpreting uh, words, right? Uh, it's not just a willy-nilly thing that we do, um, and it's just kind of, you know, yeah, I think this means that, or, you know, I think this verse is saying this, that, or the other thing. No, there, there's a science to interpretation. There is a proper way of interpreting uh, what you read, and that's important. So when you take, for example, a course in seminary, um, on hermeneutics, you're basically taking a course on how to interpret. What are the tools of interpretation with respect to the Bible? Now, of course, this has application with respect to interpreting anything that you read. But more specifically, hermeneutics in this context is the science of interpreting the Bible. Another important term is the term, and this is super important, is the word exegesis. Exegesis. Now, if you're writing notes, that is E-X-E-G-E-S-I-S, -E -E -S -S, exegesis. And that basically means to take the meaning of a text out of the text itself. Basically, if I can put that in kind of common parlance, to exegete a passage is to allow the passage to speak on its own terms, deriving the meaning from the text itself. That's what you want to do when you are studying the Bible. Because the Bible is God's word, and we want to hear what God uh, is speaking to us, we need to make sure that we are allowing ourselves to derive the meaning of the words from the words themselves, okay? So we want to exegete the passage. We want to walk through the passage we are reading. We want to examine the words and what they mean in their proper context. These are all very important things when we are engaging in biblical interpretation. That's exegesis, taking the meaning out of the text. And then there's another term, eisegesis. Eisegesis. Um, I apologize if I misspell that. Um, eisegesis. E-I, I think it is. S-E- G-E-S-I-S, -S, eisegesis. I apologize if I, I don't have it in front of me, the, the specific word. Uh, but eisegesis means to read into the text meaning that is not there. Eisegesis is to read into the text meaning that is not there. You don't want to do that. Now, it's very difficult to avoid this because we all come to the scriptures with certain background information, right? Um, but we want to make sure that we are exegeting a text, not eisegeting a text. All right? Okay. So those are important terms. When you are confronting the scriptures, uh, we have hermeneutics, the science of interpretation, exegesis, to take meaning out of the text, and eisegesis, to read meaning into the text. So what are the basics of Bible study? What are the basics of Bible study? So we, we have this background tool. You know, where do we start then? Well, first, this is going to be really obvious, but first you start with reading. <laughs> okay, it, reading the Bible. The first step of, of Bible study, when you're really just getting down to the nitty-gritty, is reading the Bible. And um, a lot of us uh, sometimes skim, or sometimes we just don't really take the time to stop and, and really consider what we're reading. Uh, you want to read through a text and read through it thoroughly, okay? And we'll unpack what that means uh, a little bit. The second step is going to be interpretation. So you want to interpret what you're reading. So uh, we read a, a, a passage of Scripture. We ask ourselves, what does this Scripture say? 
And then step two is interpreting scripture. What does the passage mean? Okay. And then there's some other steps, evaluating, applying, and correlating. I'll walk through that in just a moment. Okay. So let's take a look at step one, reading. You want to read a passage repeatedly, okay, until you understand its theme, the major gist of what you're reading. That's kind of the basic uh, point I want to make here. When you read the scriptures, you're not simply just reading words on a page for the sake of reading words on a page. You really want to understand kind of the, the central thrust of what's being said, okay? And that can be done um, independently of knowing every single detail of what everything means on the page, right? Just kind of get a general idea of what's being said, all right? You want to examine the, each word line by line, walk through it until you get the central thrust, all right? Isaiah 28 Verses 9 through 10 says, To whom would he teach knowledge? And to whom will he explain the message? Those who are weaned from the milk, those taken from the breast. For it, it is precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. A little here, there a little. Isaiah 28, 9 through 10. The first step to Bible study is to read the Bible. Okay, line by line, step by step, a little here, a little there. There's a, a little saying um, that I don't remember who said it, um, but it was really helpful to me because um, studying the Bible can be very daunting. Uh, but uh, someone told me once, uh, you know, he, they asked me the question, how does one eat an elephant? How does one eat an elephant? Now, an elephant is huge, right? Elephants are very large animals, right? Um, how would one eat an elephant? And the answer uh, that I was given was, you eat an elephant one bite at a time, right? A little here, a little there. If the elephant represents Bible study, how do we tackle something like the Bible? Complete with 66 books, 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 books in the New Testament, originally written in three different languages, Hebrew, Greek, Aramaic, written over by over 40 different authors on three continents over a period of 14 to 1500 years. That's a very, very daunting task to interpret the Bible, its pieces, the whole, okay? We do it little by little, a little here, a little there, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, a little here, there a little, okay? We begin by opening the Bible and reading. Okay. Also, you want to, uh, with respect to reading, you want to also be very intentional. Okay. So, how do we create a habit of reading? And that's important because it takes in, it takes the idea of being intentional, right? Create a plan. All right. There's a big old, you know, uh, over said quote: uh, "Those who fail to plan, plan to fail." That's very true. Right? If you have the desire to read the Word of God consistently, that may require, depending on your lifestyle and the, the, the different things you have going on, that's going to require being intentional. And so you want to make sure you are being intentional. Create a plan. All right? um, if the mornings works best for you, you, know, you want to study the Bible, how bad do you want it? Do you want it so bad that you're willing to lose a little sleep and get up early? Do you want it so bad that you're willing to lose a little sleep and go to bed a little later than normal? Okay? Be intentional. All right. So, reading. What does the Bible say? What does the passage say? Now, the next step is 
vitally important, obviously, is interpretation. Okay? Interpretation. And so we're going to dig a little into what it means to interpret the Bible. So, step two, Bible interpretation. All right? So we have reading and interpreting. In Acts chapter 8, verse 30, it says, uh, this is Philip to the Ethiopian eunuch who was on the road reading scripture. Um, and Philip asks the Ethiopian eunuch, he says, do you understand what you are reading? Or basically, what does the Bible mean <laughs> when it says, you know, whatever you're reading, right? So um, what does it mean? Do you understand? These are issues of interpretation. And so when we're reading the Bible, we're asking, what does the Bible say? When we are asking what the Bible means, then we are dealing with interpretation. Now, this is a very important thing to keep in mind. You can't simply read a text and then kind of just jump into the application of the text. One of the first questions that many people ask themselves when they're studying the Bible, um, well, they'll read the text and then they'll jump to the question, well, well, how can I use this? Without considering the vitally important aspect of interpretation, and that is, what did the passage mean to those who originally heard it? Because if you don't know what it means in its original context, then how could you properly apply it to your own life? Okay? And so the question of application should not be the first question you ask, it should be really the last question you ask um, uh, within the interpretive process, okay? Application is the last step, so don't jump impatiently into the application question until you have correctly understood what the passage means in its original context, okay? So what does the passage mean? I think this, this question is answered by um, allowing the Bible to interpret itself. Okay, this is sometimes called the analogy of faith, right? And this deals with comparing Scripture with Scripture, interpreting the Bible with the Bible. The Bible is its own best interpreter, okay? Um, and there is a very important principle that when you read a text that is unclear, you allow clearer texts to enlighten the ones that are not clear. So you never interpret a passage, for example, an ambiguous and unclear passage. You do not or rather, you do not interpret a clear passage in light of unclear passages. You want to interpret the unclear passages in light of the clearer passages. All right? So that is what we call the analogy of faith. You allow, you allow the Bible to interpret the Bible, in a sense. Okay? Now, that doesn't mean that you can't use outside sources like commentaries and things like that. Um, but the Bible is the Word of God. There are 66 books, but they all come from the mind of God. There is a connection with all the books, there is an overarching story and theme uh, or themes uh, that is portrayed in Scripture. And so because it comes from the mind of God, there is going to be a consistency uh, throughout Scripture. And so uh, when it is appropriate, we want to allow those clear passages of Scripture to enlighten our understanding of other passages of Scripture. All right. So here are a couple of errors that you want to avoid when you are trying to interpret a passage, okay? You don't want to draw conclusions um, about a passage at the price of proper interpretation. So don't make the Bible say what you want it to say. You want to avoid surface-level interpretation. So something to the effect of, well, I feel the passage means this, or to me, the passage means that, okay? We have to understand that you can't just leap into what the verse makes you feel. No one really, I mean, I mean this respectfully, no one really cares how the passage, what the passage means to you. Uh, we want to get at truth, because remember what we said at the beginning, 
the Bible as the Word of God. We want to allow the Word of God to speak on its own terms. And so I don't, I'm not concerned very much with what the Bible means to you, uh, but I'm very much concerned with what the Bible actually means. Okay, there's, a, there's an original meaning there, not just my subjective takeaway, what I think the Bible is saying. And also, um, you want to avoid the, the error of interpreting passages independently of its linguistic structure, its cultural background, the geography of where the particular passage is taking place. Those things really come into play depending on what you're reading. Okay, And so we want to bridge some gaps here. When you're reading the Bible, you are reading an ancient text. Okay, And so while we have a translation of literature that originally was written in another language, um, you are also separated by many years. You're separated by different language. You're separated by different culture. There are things in the Bible that you might not understand, for example, because it was particular to the culture of the ancient Near East or, um, you know, uh, the first century or something like that. And those are items that are worthy of highlighting in your Bible. You're reading your Bible. You know, uh, Paul speaks of women um, and head coverings, if you remember uh, reading that in the letters of Paul. And um, you highlight that and say, hey, what's up with that that whole issue of head coverings, you know, and see if there is not a, a cultural background issue that might enliven or enlighten, rather, the meaning of, the, of that particular passage. All right. Um, so there are a lot of things like that you want to keep into consideration. All right. So you have step one, reading. Step two, interpreting. All right. And step three, evaluating. So first we read. What does the passage say? We interpret. What does the passage mean? And step three, we evaluate. Um, we want to check our interpretations with others. Get feedback. Get criticism. Get correction. Now, this is a really important part of the interpretive process, the studying process, is that you do not study the Word of God in complete isolation. Okay, We can have personal study, but the Word of God is a gift to the body of Christ. And so the study of God's Word is to be done independently, but also within community, within the community of faith. right? And so when we read the Bible, and we go through the proper interpretive uh, methods to find out what the passage means, um, it's helpful to evaluate your interpretation in light of what others say. Okay, um, And perhaps there are those who are more informed on the scripture, that they can kind of share what they think about the conclusions you came to. Okay, um, you, If you interpret a scripture and you come up with an interpretation that only you came up with um, and no one else holds, then that's a warning flag. Okay, I'm not. I'm not saying that you. It's impossible for you to, you know, highlight something that maybe others that you're, you know, within the church that then they haven't recognized or something like that. I mean, you know, you read the Bible, you allow the Bible to speak for itself, and you go through the interpretive process, and you want to get it checked with other people. You know, check it with your pastor, check it with your leaders, um, to make sure that the interpretation that you're deriving is not some, you know, idiosyncratic, you know, interpretation that has never been held before. All right, so you want to evaluate. You want to take. You want to get feedback. You know, hey, this is this is what I did to interpret this passage, and this is the conclusion I, I came to. What do you think about that? And be open to criticism. Remember, the the goal is truth. I want to get to the truth of what the Word of God is saying, and so we should be open to criticism with respect to certain interpretations that we have, so that we can have a uh, a corrective kind of a accountability uh, with with others, and and make sure that I'm understanding the Bible in the way that it should be understood. All right, so that's. 
very, very important. We want to evaluate our interpretations. All right. Now, I just want to speak real quick. Um, there are things in the Bible that people have come up with in uh, competing interpretations. And sometimes you could have multiple interpretations of a passage that are, you know, are very plausible. And in that case, we want to really walk through uh, the interpretive process carefully and to, you know, talk with people, go back and forth, research, right? Um, and that's okay, all right? Um, the Bible is, in some places, very difficult. And so um, you're going to have certain passages that people are going to kind of come down on different ends of the spectrum with respect to what they think the passage means, and, that, and that's okay. Now, what that doesn't mean is that it doesn't mean that we can't know what the Bible means, okay? There's a very important point, um, and it's important especially because it, it within the context of apologetics, Roman Catholics often bring this up. You know, um, Protestantism and their doctrine of sola scriptura, for example, um, leads to uh, anarchy, right? Multiple interpretations, there's no way to know which one's correct. Well, that just doesn't, that's not a very logical thing to say if you think about it. The existence of multiple interpretations does not negate the possibility of having the true interpretation or being able to defend why your interpretation is true. So it is true, you could have multiple interpretations, but that does not mean we cannot know which interpretation is right. Okay? So uh, I just want you to keep that in mind. Now, even the Bible itself gives precedent for the idea of disagreement. But the disagreement is with respect to what we call issues of adiaphora, non-essential issues. They're important. As 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is inspired by God. So it's, it's important. But there are um, primary doctrines and secondary doctrines, doctrines that we are to believe, but there is room for disagreement. And then there are those essential definitional issues within the Christian faith that you must believe in order to be a Christian. Those, I think, are very clear in Scripture, like the deity of Christ, right? Salvation by faith alone, those sorts of things, okay? And so I believe the Bible is clear with respect to those essential doctrines. And those non-essential, I think there's some healthy room for disagreement and, um, you know, getting together and talking about it, interacting with one another's interpretations, uh, doing so with gentleness and respect, right? Um, and that's, again, that's part of the... The interpretive process, all right? It's awesome too. Sometimes your interpretations of some point will be challenged and it will lead you into more study. And you begin to uh, go through the steps again. For example, you'll begin to read, interpret, evaluate. Um, step four is application. Step five is correlating. We'll talk about that. Um, but you'll be able to go through those steps more carefully as you refine your interpretations, as you refine certain understandings that you have. It's all part of the process. But again, it is not a process done completely um, alone, right? Bible study should be done within the context of the local church and um, and individually, all right? Okay, so we want to evaluate our interpretation. Step four is application, all right? So we ask the question. When we read the scripture, we ask, what does the passage say? When we interpret scripture, we ask, what does the passage mean? When we evaluate the scripture, we want to check our interpretation with others. And when we apply our interpretation, how does God's truth penetrate and change my life? This is where the rubber hits the road. Okay? And this must be 
This must be a necessary aspect of, of Bible study, right? How does God's truth penetrate and change my life? Studying the Bible without allowing it to transform your life really is a waste of time if you think about it, okay? These things must move from theoretical study to life application. For the teachings of Scripture transform us and have a real-life impact in our everyday or our day-to-day sort of thing, right? John 13, 17 says, If you know these things, okay, blessed are you if you do them. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. John 13, 17. If there is a command in, in Scripture, obey it. If there is some promise that God gives to his people, embrace it, claim it. If there is a warning that we need to follow within Scripture, we need to follow it. Okay? Now, if there's a command in Scripture, we need to make sure we're interpreting that command correctly so that we can see its proper application, right? And then we obey once we understand. If there's a promise to be embraced, we want to make sure we're interpreting that promise correctly to make sure that the application that follows is in line with its original intent. And if there's a warning to be followed, then the same follows, same, uh, the same situation, right? All right? So application is, is very important, right? Do not be one who simply hears the word, but be someone who does the word, right? Don't be hearers only, but doers. The doing is the apl- application aspect of Bible study. Very important. And then step five there is correlating. All right. And this allows you to see how the individual parts of Scripture fit within the big picture of Scripture, understanding how the parts relate to the whole. And doing so, understanding this will provide a person with a strong foundation for understanding the Bible better. Okay. Because the Bible is an overarching story. Okay? It has overarching themes. There are certain truths that God, overarching truths that God wants to convey to his people. And these overarching truths are often uh, given the details within the specifics. So you have the parts, the specific stories, the specific events, the specific themes that play a larger role in an overarching narrative that God is, is telling us okay, in his word. And so correlation allows us to understand how the bits and the pieces fit with the larger picture. All right? And of course the larger picture is reflect is a reflection of God's overarching plans and, and desire for, for man, right? And how we are to relate to him. And because they come from the very mind of God, since all scripture is is breathed out by God. It is a plan that is consistent. It is coherent. And so when we are interpreting scripture, we never want to derive an interpretation of God's word. That is in conflict with his expressed will in other parts of his word. So very, very important. So let's do kind of a brief review here. All right. Number one, first step in Bible study, have the proper frame of mind. Understand that what you're reading is God's word, right? When you open the pages of scripture, you are confronting the face of God himself, right? Teach me, Lord, what do you want me to learn from your word? Okay, We went over three important terms, hermeneutics, which is the science of interpretation. The word science implied that there was a specific way that interpretation must proceed. It's not just a willy-nilly thing. We just kind of read and you know, come about our own interpretations. There was exegesis, deriving meaning of the text out of the text itself. Eisegesis, reading into the text, meaning that's not there. We went over the, basic Bible, the basics of Bible study, which included reading, 
asking what the text says. What does the text say? Interpretation. What does the text mean? All right. Evaluating. We want to check our interpretations with others, make sure we're not deriving some idiosyncratic and uh, interpretation that no one has ever held before. Application. How does God's truth penetrate and change my life? And correlating, keeping in mind the big picture of the Bible. I think these are good first steps when looking to uh, study your Bible. And lastly, if I can just make this last point, kind of a basic point, but when you're reading your, when you're studying your Bible, have a notebook with you. Have a laptop open. Be intentional about jotting things down that may not be clear to you. All right? And uh, when you do that more intentionally, okay, you'll learn little by little. You'll get better at it. Right? Bible study is improved upon when you do it often, uh, when you do it intentionally, when you do it following the basic outline I've laid out here and asking questions and doing it within the community of faith and relying upon others who may uh, have a better understanding of Scripture, sitting under the feet of good teachers uh, that teach from the Scriptures, uh, things like this. And I think um, when you follow this, um, you're well on your way to studying your Bible in a way that is meaningful and is beneficial both for you spiritually and um, and physically, I would say. I, I feel physically good when I read the Bible and I know that I've been fed from God's Word. So, um, that's it. There's, there's a huge topic, but I hope hope this has uh, wet your whistle a little bit to jump into the Bible a little bit more seriously and to uh, really learn to stand in awe of God's Word. All right. Well, that concludes this episode of Revealed Apologetics. Once again, my name is Eli Ayala. If you have not already, please subscribe to the podcast. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. And you can check out the website, revealedapologetics.com, and you could sign up also for an apologetics online course that I teach. Um, you could do that on the website, Precep U. All right? That's all for this episode. Take care, and God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Revealed Apologetics. If you have any questions or ideas that you'd like me to cover in an episode or perhaps in a blog article on my website, uh, you can reach out to me at revealedapologetics at gmail.com. You can check out the blog at revealedapologetics.com. That's the website. And there is also um, a menu there where you can choose to sign up for Presup U, which is an online course that I teach that teaches presuppositional apologetics. So you can check that out at revealedapologetics.com. If you have questions, revealedapologetics at gmail.com. And you can subscribe to the YouTube channel if you have not already. Also, I would greatly appreciate if you are really finding the content useful that you leave a positive comment uh, in iTunes. That definitely helps and it's greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for listening. Take care and God bless. Thank you.